former New Jersey governor, Republican presidential candidate, Chris Christie. Good morning, New Hampshire, the Pulse of an Age. Governor, thanks for being back with us. Jack, thanks for having me. Well, let's start off on the final four in Alabama minus Trump. It was an interesting night. You almost seem to be looking like an NFL referee out there, Governor. Well, look, you know, you know, Jack, the way I approach this stuff, I, I listen to the questions and I answer them directly. And I'd had enough of, you know, Ron DeSantis being unwilling to answer questions. You know, these were pretty direct, simple questions. You know, is Donald Trump fit or unfit, in your opinion? You know, would you send American troops into Gaza if you thought you could rescue American hostages? Would you send American troops to defend Taiwan if China invaded? These are questions that anybody who wants to be the president of the United States should be able and willing to answer. And Ron DeSantis, you know, looked like he was an Olympic figure skater, um, you know, skating around all of these uh all these questions, and I was tired of being a guy up there answering the questions and having somebody like Ron just keep skating them. Governor Christie, I think in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to have another one of your challenges for this nomination who took part in the debate of Vivek Ramaswamy. I, I'm trying to understand the strategy here, and you played a sort of a peacemaker, respectful role uh, in speaking up for um, Nikki Haley when uh, Ramaswamy went to her a few times. He's been doing that for a while, and I'm trying to think of the upside because it seems that since he's more, getting more aggressive and negative sometimes, it hasn't really helped him, it seems. Uh, but it almost like, is, is he trying to tee this up for Donald Trump? Is that what he's playing towards, in your opinion? Yeah, I think he's Donald Trump's wingman. And I think for quite some months now, they've had a, a tacit agreement that he's going to do Trump's bidding on the stage. You know, when you heard him talk about his crazy conspiracy theories and went through like the entire QAnon list of nutty stuff. Um, I think he's teeing that up for Trump. Um, and, you know, that's what Trump believes um, for certain. And I think, uh, you know, Robert Swabi wants to tee that up. This is a guy who's not, he's a smart guy. He's not dumb, but uh, he's immature. And I, I call him the drunk driver in the debate stage because you never know where he's going to swerve. Um, and, and so, you know, he was horribly disrespectful to Nikki. To compare her intellect to his three-year-old son was what set me off. And, you know, my mother was a very strong woman. I'm married, as you know, Jack, to a very strong woman who worked 30 yeah. years in a very male-dominated business on Wall Street. And I'm tired of obnoxious men, um, you know, calling into question a woman's intellect. So... You know, I, I, that that was what that was on Wednesday night. Some of the more cynical commentators were trying, is this an, an emerging alliance with you and Nikki Haley? No, it's not. But when something's wrong being done, uh, yeah. I'm going to stand up for somebody who I consider a friend. And I do right. consider Nikki a friend. We're adversaries, but we've been friends for 13 years. And that supersedes anything when someone is being unfairly insulted. You're a former U.S. attorney. I know it's not your direct line of focus right now, but Joe Biden, if he's a Democrat nominee, what's your reaction to these latest indictments on Hunter Biden out of California on the tax stuff? Long overdue. And what it shows you is that they were putting their thumb on the scale previously by not charging the tax counts as felonies, by not charging the gun counts as felonies. Um, they were putting their thumb on the scale and they got caught. And I, every day, tell people who don't believe in the justice system, this proves it works because it was a single judge 
with lifetime tenure in Delaware who refused to approve a sweetheart plea deal that has caused all this to happen. Right. And so for people who don't believe the system can work, it does. And it worked here. I'm proud of that judge. And uh, Hunter Biden needs to be held to account like any other American for the wrongs that he committed. And he needs to be held to account. It looks like he's about to be. We're going to talk. I'm going to talk a minute about your strategy and your thoughts behind a college tour, which I think you started yesterday in New Hampshire, going around to the various colleges to connect with that audience. I noticed uh, Donald Trump, who's not taking part in the debates, might even be doing something at UNH in Durham before the primary, which is Tuesday, January 23rd. I want to come back to Donald Trump. I think one of the points you said, Governor Chris Christie, Good Morning New Hampshire, the pulse of an H in our network of stations. The other night with Ron DeSantis, where you say he wasn't answering questions, I think one of your points, if I remember watching and listening and reading this, was just asking him on the stage if Donald Trump is convicted of any of these crimes, you know, uh, would you support him? And uh, I think DeSantis, uh, I think that was the one maybe you're saying he danced on. Uh, but what do you think the likelihood that that could be the scenario, and why do you think that should matter to voters? I think it's incredibly likely that this spring, um, when he starts his trial in March in Washington, D.C., the day before Super Tuesday, on the January 6th event, that um, Donald Trump's going to be convicted. And the reason I think that, Jack, is because his former chief of staff has signed an immunity agreement with the government to testify against Donald Trump. Mark Meadows is going to be witness number one against Donald Trump. And when you take an immunity deal, you only take immunity when you, you yourself have committed crimes. So Mark Meadows is going to admit he committed crimes at Donald Trump's direction. He's going to testify that Donald Trump committed crimes in front of mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And I and this is not some left-wing prosecutor now, Jack. This is a founder of the Freedom Caucus. And Donald Trump's chief of staff, when he appointed him, called him the next James Baker. Uh, mm-hmm. is going to testify against him. He's going to be convicted. And what I said on Wednesday night was, imagine this. If he's our nominee on Election Day 2024... Donald Trump won't even be able to vote for himself because he will have lost his right to vote because he'll be a convicted felon. Let me ask you this, Governor Christie. Um, You know, these debates, these qualifications, all the stuff, the perception of who's in first, who's in second, who's in third on the Republican side are all based on polls. Now, national media, um, and, and a lot of people like to make stories out of polls, I just happen to have a memory of history in New Hampshire with presidential primaries and presidential elections, these presidential polls have been wrong more often than correct, and yet everything is based on the polling or numbers of supporters or how much money you've raised, sort of subjective measures. You have been, uh, on Monday, uh, after last week when North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum stepped out and others have dropped out, uh, you, some people said, hey, Chris Christie has to get out of this race. You said, no way, not going to happen. Are you, are you committed uh, through New Hampshire and beyond? And do you think these polls showing Donald Trump with a big, big lead here in New Hampshire are what percentage real or not? Uh, I am absolutely committed to staying in this race. And the idea that these folks, these pundits or, you know, Wall Street billionaires think they get to decide who stays in the race and who doesn't, they're wrong. And I've been through this before, Jack. And so they're not dealing with a babe in the woods here. Um, I know what I can do and what I'm capable of, and I'm in the race. And on the polls, look, I have never thought, and I've said this from the beginning, I think Donald Trump enjoys a benefit of being the incumbent, sure. essentially, in this race. And so 
he's going to have higher numbers than anybody else. But I think when I interact with New Hampshire voters, a lot of voters are very concerned, even if they agree with some of Trump's policies, which I do as well, um, that he simply is not fit to be president, that his personal conduct, what he did in the aftermath of the 2020 election, what he's done in the three years since, disqualify him from sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office. And now they may not say that to pollsters because it's a politically incorrect thing to say. As you saw when I gave my closing statement on Wednesday night, I got some boos from some of the crowd in Alabama. But if you're worried about being booed by a debate crowd, how are you going to be when you sit across from Vladimir Putin or President Xi um, or, or, or the, the, you know, deal with the Ayatollah? Um, you know, you got to be ready to stand by what you believe in. And I don't believe these polls. I've never believed them. And you're right. Let's remember something. Um, eight years ago, if you look at the polls in Iowa at this point, Ben Carson was 10 points ahead, and Ted Cruz was only at 7%. Ted Cruz wound up winning the Iowa caucuses with 27%, and Ben Carson came in fifth. Yeah. So, I, you know, you and I... A lot of people aren't students of history, Jack. I know you and I are students of history, and we learn from it. And that's why I just continue to work every day to earn the trust and the votes of the people of New Hampshire. And believe me, if I do well, as you know, on January 23rd, the campaign will be transformed. Governor, before we let you go, Governor Chris Christie, always generous on the time. Before we let you go, college tour, where are you off to next? I'm at UNH today um, in Durham doing a, a town hall um, at UNH with the students. I was at Franklin Pierce yesterday, Keene State, and New England College. We did three college stops yesterday. Every one of them was packed um, with yep. students. And we also, the students at the universities, colleges, were also doing voter registration drives yesterday um, in connection with my visit. Look, I think Republicans have to understand that there's not a vote we can't go out and ask for. Yeah. Um, and it makes me being uncomfortable in certain spots. But we got to do what we need to do to become a majority party again, Jack. We we haven't gotten the majority of the vote in seven of the last eight presidential elections. we got to change yeah. the formula. And also, I'll be at Hookstead tonight at the Oscar Barn wedding venue doing a traditional town hall um, out on West River Road at Hookstead. So if Listen folks are interested in seeing us tonight, coming out to Hookstead. Listen to you, West River Road and Hooks. You get to know the local lingo, the maps. You're, uh, hey, you know, Governor, when you go to UNH, I had a couple daughters go through there. They have a great bookstore on Main Street. And I'm not suggesting anything, and I know you're a Cowboys fan at heart, but you could go in and get a Wildcat, you know, UNH cap to wear around. You know, nice. I used to always go to the bookstore when I visited my kids there, get a sweatshirt or a UNH hat. Well, go Wildcats. Thank you, Governor. Hey, Jack, thanks for having me on. Always good talking to you. Have a great weekend.